Welcome to the Movie Hit List Podcast, where each week we review a movie and decide whether or not we would put it on each of our hit lists. So essentially, whether or not we would kill it off because it's not worth your time. So this week we're reviewing The Cloverfield Paradox, which is directed by Julius Ona. I don't know of anything else that he's done. I've never um, heard of him before. Rated TV-MA because it's actually like a Netflix-only movie. At the Super Bowl last year, at some point during the Super Bowl, they released the trailer for it, and then the movie came out right after the Super Bowl, which is a pretty like interesting marketing concept. Right, especially since it didn't release in theaters or it's not on DVD. Right. So. Yeah. So the Cloverfield Paradox is like the third installment of the Cloverfield series. So it was produced by J.J. Abrams. It's in the same world as Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane, but it is, I would say, very different than those two. Um, The plot, according to IMDb, is orbiting a planet on the brink of war, scientists test a device to solve an energy crisis, and end up face-to-face with a dark alternate reality. Uh, yeah. So, the movie starts off, you meet Hamilton, which who is played by Gugu Mbatha-Ra. I've never heard of anything else she's been in. I don't know, but she was pretty good. I liked her. Yeah. Um, I want to say I saw her in Black Mirror. But I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to look that up. But, um, so it starts out with her. She's with her husband in a car. They're, like, waiting in the super long line to get gas. There's a blackout. They talk about other blackouts. It's very much set up that they're in kind of a major crisis or, like, apocalyptic. Like, resources aren't as abundant. Right. So somewhere, I guess, near future, kind of, is how they're trying to portray it. Yeah, I would say near future, because it just like, looks like our day and age, but obviously we don't currently have an apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so they refer to this mission she has, which might save them. And so then it cuts to her and a team of other people on a spaceship testing, uh, testing some sort of machine, which you come to find out is a particle accelerator. Right. And so in this, like, opening credit sequence, it starts with them testing it on day 16 and then shows them, like, repeatedly testing and failing with this machine. And by the time you get to the end of the opening credits, it's been 624 days. That's just under two years, I'd say. Yeah. (laughs) So, and they talk about how they only have enough fuel for three more firings. So... Basically, they're trying to use this particle accelerator thing to somehow create, like, a new energy source for Earth. Right. Since with all the blackouts, they have to have something that's going to replace the energy source that they had before. Right. So, from here, um, you kind of get an idea, a little bit of life on the ship, you know, because their mission has such great... Um, it's such importance. There's a lot of tension between the crew members. It very much, I think, I felt it gave a Star Trek vibe. Very much so. I would say all of the characters kind of are all basically in the same place 
in the same time, all communicating in such a small area. Right. It makes you think of Captain Kirk and his little group of people. Right. Almost the entire movie takes place on this ship. And it's like a pretty cool looking set. Um, yeah, they did a really good job making it look realistic. Yeah. Uh, so they finally do another test and get successful energy output. And then this is kind of like the major like, turning point. Turning point. There you go. For the movie. So they get energy, but then like everything goes bad. <laughs> yeah, it basically crap ends up hitting the fan. Right. So they uh, lose context of their surroundings. People are... So, okay, I'm trying to explain this the best way without giving it away. Because they have this particle accelerator, there's a lot of things that happen that, like, normal science, like, don't make sense at all, but it's a particle accelerator. So, like, the writers can do whatever the heck they want. Exactly. It's something that we can't say can't happen because we don't know. We've never had to deal with it so I guess that's good on the writers for you know being able to put basically whatever they want in it yeah and I mean it's I feel like at this point in the movie like it's pretty interesting because a lot of crazy things are happening and you're trying to put all these pieces together it's definitely gets pretty gross it's not like gory it's not super graphic but it's very jarring yes a little disturbing if you're like super queasy i wouldn't watch it right it's Uh, not and it's nothing like terribly bad it's just shocking right i would say a really important thing for this movie is you really have to pay attention it's not like a movie you can kind of half watch if you're not paying attention you'll miss like very very important factors the dialogue is very important It's whatever they say usually is, I don't want to say explaining things because you really don't get an explanation, but it helps you understand what's going on in a way. Right. Because it is so like futuristic in terms of science, it gives you context to like what's actually happening. Um, But yeah, overall, the dialogue is really good. I thought the plot was very interesting. I think the biggest flaw, and it kind of ties in with a lot of the Cloverfield movies, in my opinion, is that there's not everything is answered. Right. Um, like, they could very easily do another one. I mean, I'm sure they will. They've done three in the Cloverfield universe at this point, so I feel like they'll keep going. Um, I also got from the movie kind of a... It sort of felt like a long Black Mirror episode. I mean, the movie is only an hour and 42 minutes. So, like, in terms of being a movie, it's relatively short. Right. Um, yeah, it definitely reminded me of Black Mirror. And if you haven't seen Black Mirror, it's basically a TV show on Netflix. I'm gotcha. not sure if it's anywhere else. Um, that kind of goes into different scenarios where technology is take it over i guess i like to describe it as like if the was the twilight zone but like just focused on technology yeah yeah Yeah. so that's 
very so similar. So if you like Black Mirror, I would try this. I mean, it isn't Black Mirror is really good. It's really hard to beat, and I don't think this beats Black Mirror, but it kind of is in the same vein in some aspects of it. Right. Um. Yeah. And I, unlike Stephanie, had not seen any of the other Cloverfields before watching this, so it was more like, for me, a single movie. I watched it, and I couldn't compare it to any of the others. I just had to go off of what I was watching, and I don't want to say that's any better, because it doesn't explain anything really more if you had watched the other movies, but I don't know. feel like it wasn't terrible. I think that's a good point, though. You don't need to have seen the other Cloverfields for it to make sense. I mean, you'll be the same amount of lost right. at the beginning, probably. Um, but, yeah. If you've seen the other Cloverfield movies, there's things you can, like, theorize during it. Like, huh, I bet that's probably connected. But... It's not like you can't watch it if you haven't seen the other one. Right. You really don't have to know what's going on in the others to still not understand what's going on in this one. Right. Okay, Mandy. So, would you hit this movie? That's a hard one. And I had been kind of on the fence about it. Um, In relation to other Cloverfield movies, I can't really say if it's better or worse than the others but just as a standalone movie i would say it's pretty good i'm not sure i would watch it again yeah but i didn't dislike that movie right so i probably wouldn't hit it i would not hit it i mean i don't know i still think 10 cloverfield lane i might like better even though I think it's super slow in the beginning, this at least I didn't think was really slow at any of the parts. No, it had really but, good um, pacing. Yeah. No, I like this one a lot. The only thing that I don't love would be just how some things aren't entirely answered by the end, but that's kind of been the theme in right. all of them. And I, you know, in my opinion, I didn't end the movie feeling unsatisfied. Right. Of course, I I didn't have the answers I wanted, but I still understood enough of it to be like, okay, this is this was good. It wasn't yeah. terrible. I have the gist of what they were trying to explain, and I thought it was really good. I think if you like sci-fi's, if you like, I mean, it's kind of a thriller, especially right. after, yeah. Um, and like it's on Netflix, so it's free and it's only an hour 42 minutes. So like not even that much of your time. Right. And we would suggest that you do pay attention to it. It's not something you can do homework and watch. Yeah, probably not. It's yeah, you would have to take that hour and 42 minutes and like specifically watch this movie. But it's pretty entertaining throughout. So I don't think you'll get bored. No, definitely not. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, we're reviewing Star Wars The Last Jedi, which we both have a lot of opinions about. So feel free (laughs) to check it out and follow us on Instagram at Movie Hit List Podcast.